This is Pace the Nation. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are back in the heart of all things that's Clarendon, of course. And when I say we, I really mean we. You mean we. <laughs> right next to me uh, for the video audience to see is uh, my co-host, wife, my partner, it's Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? Oh, uh, not much. <laughs> this is awkward. Uh, this is really making me miss home. Yes. And yeah. my, my home desk and my home recording studio. <laughs> well, we promised I'm a little the warm right now, being a little too close. We promised the audience you'd be back in studio and you are back in studio. After some technical difficulty, we finally found a way to broadcast together. I not think a- you did this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Not- we couldn't figure out how to get our two computers across from each right. other, the recording. You know, we didn't give ourselves enough time to troubleshoot. Yeah. But ultimately, I think you are so excited that we are in the same frame. Right. We're on the same computer. Awkward. You know what? I think there was an episode once upon a time called Awkward Dating Seating. <laughs> this is where we're at. For those listeners out there who aren't watching on the video, Awkward dated seating. We're sitting right next to each other. Um, we might as well have a milkshake with, <laughs> yeah, two, with two straws. Two straws. <laughs> uh, but we made it happen. We're here. We're in studio. I'm glad you're back. Thanks. It was it was t- it was tough last week. I'm telling you. I t- I, I thought I'd I'd be able to run the show, and I'd be, I was by myself. I had a great interview with Cooper Tier. I mean, who's going to be here to throw jabs at <laughs> That's you? True. That's the problem. There wasn't the back and forth. I, I I really underestimate how much I need the back and forth. <laughs> Because, you know, I like to dominate the interview and talk all the time. No, <laughs> never <laughs> noticed. But uh, it was it was tough not having you here. I couldn't share, you know, stories from home with anybody. Well, Chris would have listened, but, you know, he doesn't have the context that you you have. <laughs> um, but uh, it's good to have you back. And, and we promised the audience and we delivered on that promise. That I would return to the heart of all things. <laughs> uh, yep. Here you are. So, um, yeah, we great show last week. Missed you, missed having you here. We're going to figure this out. You'll be across the way next time. I, I think I'm going to try a couple things with Chris, and I think we can get there. But um, I didn't have, you know, stories that I could bounce off of you or uh, a, a partner in crime to commiserate with. Uh, and this is what I've been – this has been he- weighing on my mind that I needed to talk about uh, before we get to our great guest that we have today. Uh, don't worry. We do have an amazing guest that you helped us secure but first, like but usual, first, let me let's talk about, talk about my running. <laughs> I'm worried about my running. I have a hernia. Mm-hmm. I've been diagnosed with a hernia. Um, I want to call it a sports hernia because that sounds better because it sounds like I did something through sport to get the hernia. So I went to the doctor. I was like, is this a sports hernia? She said, no, it's a hernia. I said, um, can we, can we can call, I it? call it? Can I call I it? Sports call hernia? it? Yeah, can so I give it a name? I think the hernia happened because I run with the dog. We have this German shirt her pointer, much uh, very well documented on the show, and she pulls and pulls and pulls and pulls around my waist, backwards, forwards, backwards, forward, herky jerky runs. So I think that's what caused it. But I have this hernia. My doctor would not allow me to call it a sports hernia, but she did allow me to run. So that was good. So I'm putting off the surgery because I can run because I know once I have the surgery, which is a minor surgery, no big deal. I'm going to be on uh, the shelf for, what do you think? A couple weeks, three weeks? A couple weeks, yeah. So it's it's a really big dilemma right now. If they say three weeks, right you'll now. do one week. If they say six weeks, you'll do one week. So <laughs> it's, it's a big dilemma. I don't um, think you're going to listen regardless. So I, I need the audience feedback. I wanted to bring this up. So tweet me at Run Pacer. Tweet me at Pace the Nation. If you've had a hernia and you're a runner, let me know how long it took you to recover. Cause I'll cut that time in half. Um, <laughs> I am a runner oh, and yeah. I had a hernia. Yeah, so right. should I tweet you? Yeah, tweet me. <laughs> because <laughs> any advice I give you, you're not going to listen to. Well, I'll to. listen to it here. Okay. Yeah. Got so it. So how long did it take you to get back? 
I don't know. It was like 22 years ago. Oh, yeah. So that was a long time ago. So if you've had one recently, let me know because I want to know how long I'm going to be on the shelf. That's really what my question is. I think the most significant part about this interaction that you had with your doctor, and now this is this is true, true Chris Farley form. Mm -hmm. Your doctor agreed to let me run, let you run, mm -hmm. but said you couldn't lift more than 10 pounds. <laughs> Correct. Which like our child weighs, all three of our children weigh a lot more than 10 pounds. I don't know. The garbage probably weighs more than 10 Laundry, pounds. Laundry, definitely. I mean, this is the most selective injury, but your running hasn't been affected. Right. You still go out for your runs. No big deal. But you're like, uh, can you can you carry the baby out of the car? I'm, I'm not supposed to be lifting anything. So true story. True story. I came home and I said, listen, Julie, I got a hernia. I had the ultrasound. It is confirmed. Doctor said I can run, but I can't lift stuff. And she said, give me that doctor's phone number. <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, and I said, how, like, cause you still haven't scheduled your surgery. I know. I so know, I was I like, know. if you were told that you couldn't run, that surgery would have been the next day, <laughs> maybe even that afternoon. Correct. Yeah. But it is still not scheduled. Yeah. So I don't know what we're waiting for. I for need to, to crowdsource it. Uh, crowdsource some information is what I need. So okay. let me know how long it took you to don't get back. Don't listen to your wife. <laughs> Just crowdsource. Yeah, crowdsource information. All right. So with that out of the way, really excited about the interview today. Uh, we've got an elite athlete who's going to be running the Boston Marathon. And as this uh, podcast drops on April 18th, the, the, the Boston Marathon will be happening that day. So April 18th, he led the Boston Marathon last year. It was a fall version of the Boston Marathon. Brooks sponsored athlete CJ Albertson is going to join us and Really interesting guy. So he comes at training from a whole different direction. So we're going to have a lot of good questions for him and, and see, uh, you know, see how he feels about the upcoming Boston Marathon. Can't wait. All right. Really excited. Next here on Pace the Nation, Brooks, professional marathon runner, CJ Albertson. He joins us here on Pace the Nation. Pace the Nation is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has six stores in Northern Virginia and D.C., for the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Julie, we are excited to be joined across the country by Brooks-sponsored athlete. He's running the Boston Marathon, and if you're listening to this as Pace the Nation come out, he might be out on the course right now. It's C.J. Albertson. C.J., how are you? I'm great. Yeah, doing well this morning. Just got done with uh, our college team practice. And awesome. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we are recording again. Just to remind our audience, we're recording a couple weeks before Boston. You're getting ready for Boston. Uh, you were the 10th place finisher in the inaugural Boston Marathon fall event, which is pretty cool. <laughs> the one yeah. and the only. The hopefully. one and only, hopefully, on your birthday. Uh, so that was an awesome, uh, awesome race. You led that race for 20 miles. We're going to talk about that, uh, but really excited to have you um, on the podcast. And uh, first off, I, I want to make sure it's not awkward because Julie does work for Brooks. And is she your <laughs> boss or how would you label like your relationship with Julie Cully, wow. sports CJ, marketing I manager? I wasn't ready for this either, CJ. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I mean, she posed the question to come on as if it, as if I had a had a, a choice. choice. But it's like, you know, I may not ever have a renewed contract if uh, I say no. So <laughs> See, I, I talk to Chris about this all the time because he's like, we should interview a bunch of your Brooks athletes. I was like, it's just a, it's a bizarre thing. Yeah, you know? a, yeah. Are you allowed to say no? <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying yes. Yeah, I, I, I do appreciate you saying yes. And I, I wanted to pose that first because I, I want to put Julie on the spot and you on the spot. Good, good <laughs> reaction. Um, you are a Brooks athlete, which is super exciting. Let's go back. Uh, you were uh, in the 2020 Olympic trials, pre-COVID, pre-different pre world. Uh, you were a an athlete. What, what was the what was the name of the the type of Brooks athlete he was? At he the was time? in the Hometown Heroes program. Hometown Heroes program. And going into that Olympic trials in Atlanta, you knew if you were top 10 in the race, you could get a Brooks sponsorship. Is that correct? And was that a lot of pressure? Well, no, I mean, if I was top 10 in the race, I could, I could get some money. <laughs> that was, yeah. that was like part of that contract deal, but there wasn't any sponsorship tied to that. Gotcha. Um, 
a few weeks before I had done, I think, um, I had done some like good training run, like good training runs and it. And I think people thought I was going to run fast. And so uh, we had kind of, I had kind of talked with the um, previous sports, yep, marketing sports person. marketing manager. Yep. Steve. They were like, yep, hey, after yep. the, after the trials, like, you know, we may want to like keep you around because you're, <laughs> it, it, you know, we're anticipating you're going to run well and, and we'll just kind of see how things go. But you know, if, if you like us, we kind of like you. So let's, let's talk after, after the trials. <clears throat> so, um, but that was just, that was literally like a five minute phone call probably. And then um, I did run pretty well at the trial. So then we, you know, continued that conversation and um, yeah, then I, I signed on. So, and that's that the first time, you know, you were, you were seventh at the trials in 2020, um, you know, just outside of, of the Olympic team, but right there in the mix, that's the first time a lot of people knew who you were. But uh, take us back a little bit. You're a California kid, good high school runner, and then ran for Arizona State. Were you a you know a star high school college runner? I don't know if I was ever a star. I mean, I, I think in high school I had my moments. Uh, my freshman year, I was like, I finished the my freshman season ranked second in the country in the mile. Um, <clears throat> didn't turn out to be a miler, but I thought <laughs> I was going to be. Uh, and then my junior year, I ran 1451 at Woodward Park, which up until this year was actually the junior class record. And then wow. all the Newberry Park boys smashed that. But um, so that was like kind of a big deal when I ran that. It was a really fast time. And um, I was fourth at the state meet that year. I would have won like 22 of the past 25 state meets, but we just had a really fast year. So I had some success there, but I was never like I never finished like even top 20 at a national meet or anything. So I wasn't necessarily like a, a star, but I had some success. And then in college, um, my first two to three years, I was maybe mediocre at best um, or below mediocre for Pac-12 standards. Um, and then my my redshirt junior year, I made nationals in the steeplechase. I didn't make the finals, but that was probably like my best college thing was I, I made, you know, a national meet. Um, but I definitely wasn't a star. I don't think anyone would have known me. I never, never made nationals in cross country. Uh, I really was never close actually. Um, and yeah, I ran like 1350 in the 5k, which was, I mean, good, but not like, I mean, now there's like a hundred guys that do that every year. Right. <laughs> so, right. You know, it, I, I was a, a, a solid runner, but definitely not a star by any means. Yeah. And I feel like that fits that you do fit Brooks. Then you, you're a grinder, right? You would, you're a really hard worker and a grinder. And do you feel like you outwork people? Uh, I don't like to have that mentality. I feel like for the marathon, you like, it's a, I feel like for the marathon, like you, you can't have this mentality of you're, you're working hard because it, it is, I mean, yeah, you know, like you running a lot, so it's physically demanding, but if you have the mentality that you're also just grinding every day, it's like, you can't have that mental effort and that physical toll. Like you can't have both. It just like, I feel like would wear you down. So in my mind, I really don't work all that hard. You like a marathon is just kind of jog around all the time. Even our, even our fast workouts, you know, we rarely touch 5k pace. We'll go like, 10k pace maybe a little faster but it's still kind of just you know even if i'm running like 430 pace like worldwide it's like you know you know sure. like the beasts are doing stuff at like 330 mile, mile pace so it's like i'm just kind of everything's really casual um and so it's i guess you could look at it as a grind but i like the kind of longer stuff it's it's kind of just super mellow and chill and go out and run five minute pace for a long time and just it's it's like yeah, it's it not it, it, to me, it's not a grind. It's just like, I'm just kind of out here running around. And, and, the, and our audience going out and run five minute pace is not as easy as Super it is for, casual. For, for CJ. Um, but uh, you do train alone as well, right? So that's a little different than some of the other competitors. Like you mentioned the Hansons, who, who's another Brooks sponsor team, but training alone. Why do you do that? Uh, I mean, kind of just out of circumstance. I mean, I, I coach like a college team. So, I mean, I'm around runners all the time, but, um, but yeah, I mean, just from like where I live and like, just, you know, my schedule, um, and really no one here could really run with like, it just, 
there's not really the like options to have training partners. Um, there could be a few times when maybe like for like a speed workout, I could, I could find some people to run with. And, and sometimes I'll go out to like a high school and like every once in a while, not, not lately, but they'll, like I'll hop in some reps with people um, for like some fast stuff. Um, or like I'll hop in reps with like my 800 guys, like if I want to get some speed stuff in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of like my situation. Um, but I think it's also somewhat of a help or, or somewhat good. Cause I'm not, I'm not good at not being competitive. So college was a little frustrating because, you know, you're in workout groups and like, you're supposed to like work with your workout groups and hit paces and stuff. And like, if I'm with someone, I just, I just want to beat them. And I know it's practice, but I can't really turn that off. And so when you're doing 115 miles a week and you, you have to, you, you know, you kind of should keep things controlled a little bit um, in terms of, of faster workouts. I just, if I was with people every day, like I, I just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I would probably run too hard all the time. They, would, um, they wouldn't love you as a training partner is what you're trying to say. No, I wouldn't be a great training partner. And then like when we're doing long runs, like I did like my long run yesterday, you know, when I opened up with like, at like 440, I don't think anyone would like it. So <laughs> they probably would. it was downhill. I split prep for Boston, but yeah, I do. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if people would like all the runs that I do. Well, you can find you're really good on Strava. I follow you on Strava. So you can find you, you log all your runs on Strava, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Most all your run or all your runs on Strava. So follow, uh, you know, CJ on Strava, you put some ridiculous stuff up there and you're getting ready for the Boston marathon. Um, one that really stood out recently was, and we're talking about training and training by yourself was a marathon effort where I feel like if you'd run the whole marathon, you're running race pace. I mean, is that, is that accurate? Do you know what run I'm talking about? And can you kind of recap that for our audience? Well, I hopped, I hopped in a, a marathon race, I guess. Um, it's like a, an hour away from me. Um, cause I was going to do a pretty hard long run that day. I mean, that marathon was going and it's a super flat course. Um, and then, you know, you kind of get some, like, at least the, I, instead of packing my own waters, you know, volunteers can give me waters and, uh, I just, <laughs> yeah. so it, like, it, it was just, it seemed like an easier way to do a long run, but yeah, it seemed like it was at race pace because compared to my previous races that would have been race pace. I, I anticipate that my race pace should be a little bit faster now. Um, Cause that run felt just, I mean, it felt really, com I mean, really comfortable. I mean, it was also flat and Boston definitely won't be flat, but, um, but yeah, I mean a little bit under sub five minute pace. I feel like really, really good at flat and even on Hills, I feel pretty good. So um, yeah, I mean, it was just a good, I mean, if you look at it as just like a little bit over a two hour effort, if you look at it in that terms, you know, it was just a, a good hard run. Do, but. Do, do you do you care that people because everybody has an opinion on how to train or how you should train and you're running too fast or you're running too slow, you're running too much, you're not running enough. Like, do you care about the opinion that these people have when they uh, log in and see your Strava runs? Um, I mean, I kind of prefer that they like think that they, I kind of prefer that they have like somewhat negative opinions because then it's like, <laughs> I'm kind of like forced to like race fast at some point. Like, um, you know, like, cause like no one can, like, if I just go out and beat everyone, then no one, it, it then it's like, well, you're wrong. So, right, <laughs> um, right. you know, it doesn't really, but like, but it's like you, you kind of want to, or at least me, like I kind of want to have a little bit of that pressure and it, that's not why I do those runs, but, but, you know, as a secondary thing, it's nice to have like that, that just kind of like pressure, like, yeah, like I'm supposed to run fast, like, you know, and then people like always throw out numbers. Oh, he does this run. He, he can run like under 207 or something. It's like, that's like, that's pretty fast. But then it's like, yeah, like I want to I want to be in a spot where I expect to go out and run 206 or I expect to go out and run with you know the 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 12 guys in the race that are sub 206 like mm -hmm. cuz like I haven't traditionally been there in the past but at some point you have to expect that out of yourself in order to like actually go out and be able to do it. Um 
And it's like, yeah, you don't really care about other people think, but when other people expect you to run really fast, it also makes it a little bit easier for you to be believe that, you know, it's like if everyone in the world believes you can basically run close to the American record time, then it's like, okay, yeah, I can do, yeah, <laughs> like I can do that. Like it just makes it, it doesn't make it a sure thing, but it makes it like become more tangible and more right. real. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, like I guess it. I could look at it negatively, but it's, I, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I like it. I like that. You're not now you're not as intimidated. That's great. I agree. Re recap what the, the stats of that workout were. So the distance overall time, I just have this vision of you, CJ, like you've got this data, you know, and you're like so excited to upload into Strava. It's like, <laughs> you're like dropping a bomb real quick. Like, let's just see how people react. Yeah, right. Let's see how the crew. On well, that run, it, was, it was supposed to be a, just a standard marathon. I, we ended up going long because we, the lead bike missed a turn. And so we went on like a little over 400 meters long. So it ended up being like 26.5 something miles. Um, and I ran four. I ended up running 459 pace. I wanted to get out the first half kind of like similar to what I felt like maybe a marathon would be. So I ran my first 13.1 at like 6420. Um, and that felt like really good, actually. Like I've never felt, I've never ran like mid four fifties and been like, oh, that was like, I didn't have to like push to do that. And then I backed off a little bit, um, towards the end, like between like mile 18 to like 24, just kind of like, um, like I didn't want to actively push at any point in the race. Cause it, it was, I was already running a marathon and running fast. So it was like, I don't need to like dig down for anything because it's just a run so um so i think i i ran somewhere between like five minutes to 505 for like a handful of stretch of miles towards the end so the overall pace ended up being 459 pace but so so, um, wait, wait, so and this is an actual training run for you but a race i mean was there anybody within 20 minutes of you no the second place guy was 30 minutes back. i mean people must have been like what what this guy take a wrong turn. Like what, what? Well, yeah, that's, that is what they thought because yeah. they, they DQ'd me because at first I thought it was because I went off course, but then I think it was actually, they thought I just ran too fast and they didn't know where I was. And they just were like, this it, doesn't seem right. This so, doesn't compute. So some little, Wait, they actually DQ'd you. Did they reinstate yeah, you? They did reinstate me. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and all right. So what was the overall time for this? this uh, it ended up, well, run. officially it says two twelve oh eight because they stopped timing me and I'm pretty sure they just made up a time at the end, but when, uh, there's a picture of me crossing the line at two eleven fifty seven. So I don't know, whatever. Yeah, time This want. guy loves bits. Do you know what a bit is? You know what? Do you understand what a bit is? Like it's a, like a bit uh, of data. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's a science, CJ's a science guy. So okay, we're going to have okay. to explain Like this. just a bit is like a, is something you do that, I, I don't know. Garners attention. attention. Yeah, no, I, like, I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so he doesn't. He's doing a bit because he knows what a bit is. Yeah. yeah see, exactly. I, I, I like that meta game there. Um. So we're gonna talk you about some of the community. Other, so so we're we're gonna talk about some of the other bits that he does in a minute. But I want to go back to the fall, uh, Boston Marathon. That man. I mean, you led that race. For twenty plus miles, but we're not going to call this a bit, though. No, this that was race that was My bit. goodness, or was it a bit? It was I mean, an elaborate bit for Burt's <laughs> marketing scheme. There we go. You got more TV time than any other athlete out there. So success, CJ. Nice work. Yes, and dude, it's it finally. It, I mean, it's like all right, they're going to catch him. They're going to catch. Him. Finally, it was like nobody's going to catch him. He's out there for so long. I mean, it was like so. You led the you led the Boston Marathon for twenty plus miles. I mean, did you think that you were going to win? I mean, you must have thought you have you, you had a, a darn good shot of winning the thing. Yeah, I mean, that it didn't really cross. Like, no, I, I always thought they were probably going to catch me until around like around halfway. And then they told me I had like over a two minute lead. And then that's when I was like, just probably like everyone else in the world. Hmm, this, this is actually a chance There's to a shot. catch me. Yeah, <laughs> so it was like. For the first part, especially the first four miles, the first 10K, even up to like 10 miles, like I'm just thinking like I'm just kind of running my own pace. Like they're going to they're going to ratch down the pace and catch me pretty quick, like at any moment. Um, and then they just didn't. They I, I don't they just kept running their 
whatever pace they were running. Like, and then, yeah. And then as the lead grew, it was just like, if I can just run fast enough, I mean, they, they like, we're, there's running, they're running out of time <laughs> as right. far as how they can catch me. And then my lead's actually growing. So it was like, yeah, I, I really, before halfway, I didn't think about it, but then after halfway, I was like, wow, this is, this is a, I mean, I know it's probably still a slight possibility, but it's like, I have a chance if I can just, it's pretty awesome. You know, if you just well. hang on. And, and for those who don't know, Boston is super hilly up and down. Were you, were your quads just destroyed by 20 some miles? And I mean, you're running five minute pace and do you start really seeing those diminishing returns that last 10 K and how, how slow quote unquote, did you, did you get, did you start running towards the end? Well, not the last 10 K cause the last five miles is downhill. So I, that right. was actually, I ran pretty fast the last five miles cause the pack caught me. I was able to uh, drop back down into the four forties on the downhill miles. Um, so that was, I actually, I ran a pretty good last 8K and my, my quads were, they were okay. I do, I do a lot of the, the distance runs that I do and the type of long runs that, you know, we just talked about those kind of prepare me. So I typically don't like break down like that. Like my, my legs, I mean, my legs will get fatigued and, you know, but they're not like totally shot typically. So I was, mm-hmm. I was okay once we got back to the downhill, but the, I was pretty tired in that midway portion and usually like around like miles 16 to 20, like you're, you're not close enough to the finish that you have that adrenaline, but you're tired from (laughs) the race, especially if you, you got out at a pretty good pace. Um, And then, then all the Hills were there too. So my, none of the miles were really that slow until the heartbreak Hill mile. So like Mm -hmm. mile 21. Yep. Um, that one was pretty slow. Like it was, it was a lot slower than I anticipated because I knew it was going to be slow, but I think I ran like somewhere around five thirty or at least high five twenties. And so that was my, you know, that was my slowest one. So I went from like around five thirty, and then immediately we hit the downhill mile and I dropped back into the four forties. So there was a huge, <laughs> there was, and also just like being alone um, in the most tiring part of the race and the hardest part of the race, I was, that was another reason it was slow. And then, but I got some adrenaline when the whole pack passed me and we could go downhill again. Um, what so what mile I, was that? At what point did they catch you? Just before 21. Cause like heartbreak, heartbreak ends like just before 21. And then the mile marker, I think is like, like you, you start going down for maybe like 50 meters or something. And the, the mile 21 is right there. Well, props to you. You still ended up in 10th place. Uh, pretty amazing. Top 10. How, how did you do Boston that? Marathon is when amazing. They, yeah. When they crept up on you like that and they passed you, like what was, what was your thought process? Well, I'd, I'd been preparing for that. Cause I figured like they were going to catch me at, at some point and then I'd have to race. So I was, yeah. And, and they caught me at a good time because we were almost at the top of the hill. So in my mind, I was just thinking, okay, I know like I'm a good downhill runner. So if I can just like get back into a rhythm, like I can kind of be able to go with them. So I basically just, I found a way to like accelerate the last, I mean, we only had maybe less than a hundred meters of the hill left. So I basically just like ran it as hard as I could to get to the top somewhat within reach. And then I pretty much just decided I'm going to run as hard as I can until I can get back into the lead or with the lead group. And then we'll just figure it out when I when I get there. <laughs> Cause like, I, I knew if I like hung back and was just by myself, you know, it like it, it just never, you know, the, that gap typically just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So I knew I had to get reattached and then that would mentally get me engaged too. So, and the downhill helped. I mean, I can, I can roll on downhills and again, my, my quads weren't like broken or shot or anything. So um, yeah, I just kind of, force myself to get into a faster rhythm. And then once you do pick it up, you typically actually feel somewhat decent. And so, um, yeah, I mean, and that's, I try to tell my athletes that sometimes like you just gotta like, sometimes you just gotta like get out of your rhythm and like, it won't feel good initially. Like the first 50, hundred meters will feel terrible, but you can re- typically adjust and like you get back up to the pack, you, you know, you settle in, you sit, and then it'll typically feel better doesn't always work in a 5k because you have lactate and sometimes you just you can only push through so much but um but in a marathon you know you can get that rhythm back 
you're pretty extraordinary, CJ. I mean, I think anyone watching would have been like, okay, he got <laughs> swallowed up. Like, is yeah, he going to finish 40th? Is he going to finish 50th? Like, yep. I, I've there are very few moments I have ever seen an athlete just like ride the rails the way that you do. Um, and I like the mental battle just to get back up there. I mean, even the way you talk about it is so casual, but the fact that you <laughs> still finished top 10 in the race, yeah. second American after the amount of energy you put into the first 21 miles of the race leading by yourself. I mean, kudos to you, but what does that mean now? Like, so heading into Boston in two weeks, like you've probably rerun this race so many times in your head and, and had people like us ask you about it and relive it many times in your head. Like, what are you thinking about? How are you preparing for this, this go at Boston? Well, I mean, I'm just trying to be as fit as possible. I really, I really think it's going to be a much different race. I just, like, I, I mean, I can't even run through scenarios where it goes out as slow as it did like a second year in a row. Um, so, I mean, not really. Yeah. I haven't even played any scenarios where the bulk of the pack goes out in 6630. Like I just, <laughs> I guess yeah. you should prepare for, prepare for anything, but I haven't prepared for that. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, if it does, then I'll have a, a massive lead again, but I don't, I just, it's not going to happen. So there's just so many good guys and so many good half guys that like someone's gonna run, you know, remote. I mean, cause like, I mean, for them, even like a 64 half is super conservative cause it's downhill and they've, I mean, I mean, there's multiple 202 guys or <laughs> like, so like, there's just so many fast guys they can run well within themselves and come through at 63, even 62 high. Like, so I'm kind of preparing more for that, that it's going to be a more honest race off the front and, and someone, you know, they, they may not blast the first couple of miles since they're so downhill, but after that, once it starts to flatten out, like, I mean, they can just, they can just jog basically four fifties. So I'm kind of preparing for that. And I want to be able to, I want to be able to go out kind of like 63 mid 63 high and feel, feel good. Like, and be able to still attack that second half and, and to, um, you know, be able to run a lot faster on the, on the, on the rolling Hills than I did last year, you know, and then be in a position to close, close hard at the end. So, I mean, you can't, you can't ever really predict what everyone else is going to do, but I feel with my training, um, you know, I can, knowing how the first half of the race goes, I feel like I can definitely be right around that range somewhere in the 63 minutes and feel pretty good, you know, um, and then coming up into mile 15, you know, have a, if, if there's a pack, you know, maybe break that pack up a little bit because it'll be a downhill mile or I can use that mile to kind of like reattach to a pack. So then I'm, I'm hopefully with someone as we start going through the hills. Um, and then once you get over heartbreak, then, then I feel like, I feel like I ha I can run straight up with almost anybody um, because everyone's tired and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good on downhills and I'm, I'm usually good at finishing marathons. So yeah, we just, so do, do you tie a, a result uh, to success? Like, is there a metric that you say, all right, I got to, I mean, could you even PR? You could PR here at the, at Boston, which is a crazy spot to PR, but do you got to be top 10 again? Do you got to hit, hit a PR? What's success for you? Yeah, it's hard to tie specific results. Cause I mean, you never know what the weather is going to be. So mm -hmm. like time wise, you know, I mean, you just really don't know, like, yeah, there could be, you know, I mean, we've seen times are just all over the place at Boston. So it sure. really depends on the conditions. Um, and you just don't know what those are going to be. So, yeah. So time-wise, I try not to put too much emphasis on it. And then place-wise, I mean, it's kind of the same. I mean, it's on paper, like, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's 12. There's 12 guys under 206. And oh, last year, a lot of those guys, they had PRs from like 2012 or 2015. Right. Pretty much all the people in the field, like their PRs are from like 2018, 2019 or more recent. So they've been in the last three to four years. So typically you know, those, all those, all those guys that on paper are really good. Like they've done that somewhat recently. So, you know, if 10 guys run 205, is it realistic for me to be top 10? I don't know. Maybe like I, I wouldn't be upset if I ran 
207 and was 12th. Wow. I mean, yep. you know, that would be, that'd still be a good day or if, or if it was terrible, con- I don't know. It's, it's just hard to say. So All right. I, 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 I got you. I, where I can compete. I got you. I, I, I pinned you to something. All right. I said 12th and 207. Okay. I mean, that's what I'm going <laughs> to okay. remember. Yeah. Um, rather, I, I don't know if he's comfortable higher, with that. You'd rather finish. Higher. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean the race, he's again, such a competitor. this I'm podcast like- is coming out when the race is, is happening. So I yeah. want people to have, you know, something to listen to and root for. So, um, all right, but I get it. Results can be, you know, all over the place at Boston, but you are tougher. Uh, than than most and you train yourself whether it's a bit or not you train yourself to be you know able to uh run in all kinds of condition follow him at at, at cj alberson on um on instagram and chris put up this video of him running on a treadmill where you've got heat lamps i mean it's ridiculous i mean is this a bit or is this uh, what is this i mean i don't do that i don't do that all the time it just it just like if i know the race is going to be hot then i'll do that okay um yeah it just kind of depends or or i'll do it like if i'm if i'm not in great shape and i need to <laughs> need to kind of get a jump start in my fitness or if like my, my legs quite aren't there but it's a you know it can be a good aerobic booster um so yeah i don't do that all the time it's not like every time i'm on the treadmill i have these crazy well, things, this is this is the world's greatest treadmill runner with the world's greatest setup, um, which I agree with. Uh, so, bit or not, it's pretty impressive. So, uh, give him a follow, CJ C. Albertson on uh, on on Instagram. But uh, there's some other things that you've done that have been uh, just amazing. So, let's talk about um, world record for the indoor marathon. So, an indoor track is 200 meters around. How many laps would a marathon be? It was, it was 211. 211 laps, and you ran 217, which is, you know, what, um, 515 pace or something like that? Yeah, it's somewhere around there, yeah. I mean, ha- how? How? T- that, that, that CJ's re- like, I blacked it out. My <laughs> I mean, body that's was so ridiculous. messed up. After. That's how and why? Um. But there, there wasn't a whole lot of, of reasoning or thought. I, I, um, it was a bit, See, yeah, a bit. basically I was, well, it was a, it was a free trip to New York is really what it was, but okay. I was, I, I kind of saw it and I was like, and I looked at like the times I was like, that's not that fast. I could, cause this was, I hadn't been, I had only done one marathon before I signed up for this. Well, no, two marathons. Cause I guess I did back to back my the first time I ever did a marathon, I did one two weeks later. But anyway, so this was like really early on in my marathoning career. Um, and yeah, I was, uh, I don't know, I saw it and then I didn't really think anything of it, but I was like, this kind of sounds interesting. And then my sister-in-law was like, no, this is totally you. You should do it. I know the race director because he tries to get me to do it, but I don't want to do it. And so, and this was like four, three or four weeks before the event. And so okay. then I just kind of, called him I was like I, I think you know I could I could do this I could probably set the record um and he's like sure we'll have you out because there's only like six people entered and then uh and then I got him to like put my wife into because there's only one woman entered and my wife hadn't ran a marathon but I'm like she's wearing a decent 10k so and she's in shape so she can maybe run and so we roped her into doing it and so I actually the the same Modesto marathon I ran that two weeks before I PR'd in that which at the time I ran like 216. Then the next week I went to Sacramento and did the Sacktown 10, which was this this past yes, yesterday. Um, yeah. Did the Sacktown 10, and then then six days later was in New York and did the <laughs> the indoor marathon. So it was a it's quite the lineup. It was yeah marathon 10 mile marathon. Um, none of them were really planned, but I just well the 10 mile was planned. I don't know how I got into Modesto or why I did it or and then, yeah, the indoor just like I planned it after those. So I, I don't know. I just kind of do you it. understand that people of your level <laughs> have like everything set in stone? They can't even go out on a five mile jog at eight minute pace without being <laughs> scheduled. <laughs> and you're just on a whim going and running 211 laps in New York City. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a it was fun. Yeah. And we, um, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I don't know. My body, like, I'm I'm good at recovering. And, and I had done, like, longer 
even my first marathon buildup, I did like a 50 K like in training. Um, and I felt fine. So yeah, like the, like after the indoor marathon, my body for the most part felt all right. Um, we walked like eight or nine miles around like Manhattan area after, cause we had, well, I had never been to New York and I don't know if, I think my wife maybe had gone when she was younger, but um, I don't know if she appreciated walking that much because she was a little tired. Because she that was her <laughs> marathon debut, technically. Did she? Um, did she qualify for the finish? And she got two thousand dollars. So, well, this was before she qualified. she qualified for the trials. Okay, so this didn't count as a trials qualifier. Well, okay, she didn't hit fine. the time. She ran like she started with the. There was only two people. She started with the other woman and then kind of fell off. And then I'm just like. Do not step off the track. We are getting that two thousand dollars. Two grand. And you are oh finishing this race. It was two thousand dollars for, for second place. <laughs> and we weren't. <laughs> I we weren't making a lot of money at the time. I had a part time job. She was still in school. Two thousand dollars was like a tenth of our yearly income. So we had. Well, a, a lot of people would say that be have to be paid more than two thousand dollars to do two hundred and eleven <laughs> laps around an indoor track. But that's a, a pretty incredible. I am. I am impressed. Uh, also the, the other impressive, um, kind of outside the re regular realm of marathon running and training was the, the 50 K you did, um, was the 50 K you did, uh, in two forty two thirty. Tell us about that. That was a world record type time as well. Correct. Yeah. I mean, the 50 K to me is like basically a marathon like it like that extra 8k doesn't like i don't know right it doesn't really affect me too much um so yeah i mean it seemed like in my mind it seemed like it was very and a very attainable thing to do so i just and it was during like the covid time so i just i need i wanted to to do something and then um in my mind it seemed like really annoying to like certify a 50k course because like where do you go do that and like it seems like I just thought of someone out there like with their, I don't even know how they do it with a wheel or the tape. Right. Like, however you do it, it's like, that would take forever. Like, why don't you just go to a track and like, you know, it's 125 <laughs> laps. So that's what we did. <laughs> I just went to, I called my, like, um, actually Julie Health and we talked with our, uh, my coach, my, my alma mater Buchanan High School. I mean, they have literally one of the nicest tracks in the nation it's and that's beautiful. not an exaggeration. Exactly. It is amazing Incredible. the tracks really fast but also soft enough that it's it's good for running long um and uh and it's you know i live five minutes away so it was it was just like a you know it made sense to do it on the track for me um in that situation and then and you set you set the world record did did des get the idea from him is that how she got the probably. idea yeah she, <laughs> but then CJ she actually went out charge. and did the wheel thing and actually uh well, certified she it. didn't she no yeah. she Des was not she wheeling was well, that, that's awesome. I, I, another another bit. I, I'm seeing where the, the, the name of this episode is going to be uh, a bit. Um, uh, so, uh, so CJ, so uh, looking forward to, to, to Boston. Um, what else? So what 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 else are you going to be doing that that week and a lot of stuff with your sponsor Brooks, correct? Yeah, we have the Hyperion house like Sunday. Um, there's been so many things I haven't fully read everything, but I know we're doing stuff. We're um, you're doing a course. You're, you're doing a course review. So that's one yes. of the things you're doing, uh, with, uh, a group at the Hyperion house. So you're on a panel. So you do know that that's on Sunday. Is it yeah. Sunday? Sunday. It's Sunday. Yeah. Wow. At like 11, yep. I want to say 11, somewhere around. We'll, awesome. we'll fact check you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I mean, all this will have happened by the time this podcast airs, but that's fine. So, uh, Hyperion house, uh, on a panel, um, and you, uh, you know, I wanted you to talk about Brooks, like Brooks has been such a huge part and you, you like, what shoe are you running in? You love their shoes, right? Oh, who doesn't love Brooks shoes? Yeah. I've been running in the, well, I've been doing all like my, all my long runs, so all the like, you know, things you see on Strava, that's all been in the Hyperion elite threes. Um, nice. Which came out April 1st. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so I was, I, I didn't actually know that. I was wondering when yeah. they in order for you, in order for you and Des to wear them at the Boston yeah. marathon, yeah. they had to be released by April 1st. So yep. on Friday, 
they were up on the on the bricks running website so little plug okay. there. Yep. but cool. tell us about it yeah, yeah and tell us about asking. your specific shoe so i know yeah. there's been well, a, a little so alteration a... <laughs> yeah my, my feet are um i guess i guess like you know all things about me when it comes to running my, my feet are a little bit different so i just have <laughs> I have this very is not a bit. This is not a bit. This is not a bit. This, okay. this is very true. Um, if anyone's seen my feet, but I have they're they're very wide and then they're very like thick, like they just like they're tall. Mm -hmm. I just have big feet, kind of oddly shaped, not too attractive. Um <laughs> they're they're just bigger than what my body is. So there's just I just have these feet, but so I I the I basically cut the tongues out of the upper because my foot is like so thick that it doesn't got too much really... volume. Okay. Yeah. I have too much volume. And so it rubs up against the top. Okay. Um, and, and any sort of, which for most runs, it's, it's going to be completely fine. But like for a marathon, it's like all those, if you have any sort of friction or anything, it, it builds up. Mm -hmm. um, and so I get this, like, you know, I get these rashes and eventually it'll start to bleed and blister and it's just annoying. So I just cut the tongues out. And then I'm like, oh, there's no, there's no rubbing. There's no friction. There's nothing. And my foot can kind of like spread out. I also cut like a really small slit on the side. So my pinky toe can um, breathe, kind of breathe and spread out. Cause it gets crammed in there. Like when I was in, I never realized this, but when I was in like high school, no junior high, I would never wear flats. You know, you'd go in and try them on. I just hated them. And my freshman year across country, I was pr pretty good. I was on our varsity team. We got ninth in the nation that year, but I wouldn't wear, racing flats because they just felt uncomfortable to me and I never put it together that most racing shoes are fairly narrow and yep. so I never knew that like I just hated these sh hated all these racing shoes because they were so like so narrow so I wouldn't wear racing flats um, I never put it together until like now I'm like oh it's because I have a wide foot that's probably why I didn't like these narrow racers um, but yeah so I just kind of modified the upper a little bit to like let my legs spread out uh, my feet spread out and they've been um and it feels it feels good and the new what? upper the hyperion 3 upper is pretty um flexible anyways yep. so so that helps just in itself the upper in itself um but yeah and then i've been wearing these um i don't know why i didn't do this before but the adrenaline 22s they have a pretty cool color um i was going to show them but this isn't on video right yeah it is on video that's yeah. it, oh, well, see well, it. yeah it yep. yeah so yeah. i like these color but anyways, yeah it's cool, but it's there. They, it's a two E, so I actually have a. So you wear a wide. Yeah. Wow. How yeah, many I wear a wide. And actually, wide. Wow. I'm probably even a little bit bigger than a two E, but two E is good enough. And so, wow. um, but these feel really good. So I've, I've started to, I was doing all my training runs in the Hyperion Tempos because those are just like, you know, just the best. Well, they can be racing shoes, but best yep. non racing shoes ever. But, but they are a little bit narrower, and so because um, the DNA flash foam is just really good. But the so so the, you're doing a lot of your stuff in the Hyperion Elite Three, like a lot of mileage, like a lot of the long yeah, stuff. Um, like my long runs and my hard workouts, and then now wow. I've switched to my easy runs. I'm I'm in these adrenalines because they're the um, you know, they have the two E, and so I feel a little bit more comfortable. And for the audience who isn't on video, uh, they were the camouflage colorway. I think that's kind of camouflage-ish. Yeah, it's but like anyways, black yeah, and gray. It's a, it's it's a it's White. a pretty cool looking 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 shoe. Um, how many miles can you get out of that, those high Hyperion Elite threes? Um, it seems like I don't know. I've run a lot of I've run a lot. A lot. A lot. I have okay. one here for that I'm you know going to be racing in that I will only put about ten miles before the race before. in to like keep those yeah. fresh. But I have put, let's see. Uh, probably, at, probably at least close to 200 now. And if you look at my That's run great. from yesterday, it was pretty fast. And so they still had pretty good pop and felt really good. And they, they, they got a, that's a glowing, that's a glowing review. That's awesome, man. CJ, <laughs> speaking of recovery, how are we recovering to prepare for Boston? Yeah, you better be recovering now. No more long, long runs. Yeah. And we also haven't even talked about the fact that you're a brand new father. So yes. how is yeah. that yeah. all played into training and stuff? And and they'll be with you in Boston as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I guess first with recovery, um, I don't know. I feel 
I feel good, really. I'm like, so when I ran, I did that like little Modesto marathon thing and obviously ran fast. But the that this this past week was probably my best week of training overall. I had one of the one of the fastest but more best feeling speed workouts like I was on a trail that kind of went up and then down one way and so I did 10 by a k an average like 250 which isn't like crazy fast but it felt like really good and then I finished with a slightly downhill mile at 411 and that felt that felt good so I felt like I was like oh that for how good that felt like that was a pretty good workout um speed wise and then I did like a four mile tempo on Friday at like 1830 or 1832, um, and some 400s, and, and those felt good. And then my long run yesterday felt, I mean, I've never, I've never finished a long run feeling as good as I felt and ran, um, cause I was, I was going up and down a, a hill basically to kind of simulate Boston and, um, you know, and, and close in like 432. And so I felt good, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel fine. like everything, I've just been recovering really fast. So I guess I'm in good shape. Um, and this week will probably still be normal. I won't do like a big long run at the end of the week. Um, I'll just, you know, so there won't be a, a huge long run, but I'll still do some speed stuff. And then, um, and I like to keep the mileage somewhat similar mm -hmm. leading up to it. Um, and then about like the week of, I won't really, I'll do a moderate workout, but it won't be hard. And then I'll, cut the mileage back the last four to five days. So I don't like to cut the mileage too. Cause I like the, I feel better actually when I run a little bit more, as long as I'm not running like too hard all the time. And so I just kind of tweak things. I don't do this like huge 50% taper. I, it doesn't, doesn't work I, for you from elementary school. It's never worked for me. Like I just, mm. I just, I don't know. I, just not how my body works, but you got to pull back a little bit, obviously. And, um, and Julie, Julie mentioned your, your son, your newborn, is he sleeping yeah. through the night? Or are you been able to, have you been able to sleep? He's yeah. Well, my, my wife is, is a good mom. <laughs> so she, she's, she's doing been, the heavy lifting. I get yeah, she's oh, doing I Yeah. Know. So oh, I know he, how he that sleeps is. pretty well. Um, I mean, he, he, it's nice. He goes to bed at like six 45. So like, that's good. And then he'll, he'll, that is not like ours. Oh. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, he's still young. He's like five months. So he's, yeah. you know, he sleeps early and then, um, yeah, I mean, he'll usually wake up like one or two times, but, um, my wife usually gets him and he goes back to sleep pretty quickly. So awesome. I don't actually wake up in the, in the middle of the night. So I, yeah. So wow. she's, She's great. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so when, see, so you don't know this about Chris, but Chris has run how many years of sub three marathons? 23. Okay. 23, 23 years, years in a row of sub yeah. three marathons. Sub three. Yeah. And my son was born in, our third son was born in August and Chris yep. was training for New York yep. this fall. And I allowed him to she sleep did. so that he could hit this next you know, sub three marathon. Cause it's part of this streak. Yep. Yeah. But I like, now that I'm talking to CJ, I'm like, no, yeah, your, your yeah. sub three is like, it's a nonsense. Yeah. Talk it's about a, a bit. Talk right, about right. A bit. It's a bit. It's a bit to get more sleep for sure. Um, yeah. but it's CJ's <laughs> wife is doing I, it. I, hey, all CJ, I needed a lot of rest so I could run that six fifty pace. <laughs> that six fifty pace is really hard. Uh, it's all relative, all relative. I did. Yeah, it, it's, right. the, it's the same effort. Yeah, same, exactly. <laughs> one's a true athlete. Yeah. One's a, uh, yeah, one's, a, one's an old washed up, uh, <laughs> hobby jogger. Um, guess which one's which, um, so awesome CJ. Well, dude, I really appreciate your time. Um, look forward to seeing you. So if you're listening to this podcast, again, this is going to drop ex on the day of the, uh, the Boston marathon. CJ will be in the Brooks uniform, probably hyping up the crowd as he did, which is insane. He's oh, leading those were, Boston those Marathon. Those were literally the most money Brooks run happy shots ever run, taken. I ever. mean, what are you doing? You're winning the Boston Marathon and you're hyping up the crowd like you're a mid-packer like me, like a washed up <laughs> old guy. Um, but I guess that's just what the energy of the Boston Marathon yeah, does, amazing. right? Yeah. No, I mean, it, you have to just soak it all in and it was yeah. a lot of fun and yeah. um but yeah i mean just 
I think having having that more casual mindset is is really the mindset you have to have in a marathon. And, um, you know, like like Kipchoge has never ran hard in a marathon ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. when you look at him, right. that's what it looks like. It's like, yep, Juju's just out here. You know, it's a nice, nice little Sunday run. You know, he's going to, you know, going to go shopping later. Like, just, <laughs> I mean, Walk. it's just like, but everyone, yeah. even though he's like the best ever, it's like everyone like you have to run as if you're the best ever. And so yeah. like, you know, you just got to be easy. Yeah. I mean, he probably didn't walk eight miles around New York city after his marathon, but that, you know, maybe each, do each he, so maybe he did. He, he, he could have. He could have. Well, dude, I really appreciate your time again. Follow him on Instagram, CJ Albertson. We'll, we'll post a couple things uh, from, from your Instagram on this video feed, man. I don't know whether you had a choice or not, but I really appreciate you joining us on Pace the Nation. Thank Great you, stuff, CJ. man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was fun. It was really fun. Great times with CJ Albertson. He's going to run the Boston Marathon. He was a top 10 finisher last year in the fall race. He joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. Pace the Nation is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has six stores in Northern Virginia and D.C., For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. All right, welcome back to the program. And thanks again to C.J. Albertson for joining us on Pace the Nation. Great interview. Fun interview with C.J., uh, thanks to a, you. A forced interview with CJ? A <laughs> forced? Was that forced? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was going to ask you. I appreciate you producing or helping make that interview happen. Happen. How much like was how much forcing did you have to do? How much uh, you know, no, twisting of his arm did you sport. have to do? No, he's a great sport. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, awesome, awesome guy and I I don't know whether we got to the bottom of the question whether it was bits or not bits or I mean what what we do maybe maybe the audience can decide. <laughs> what we do know is that it definitely definitely he doesn't take it too seriously. And I think that is one thing I'll take away from from the interview. He's such a curious athlete. I, I mean, I think you could probably talk to him for three hours yeah. about all the different things that he does and the things that he's tried and have found success in and you know, like the heat lamp thing. But I mean, I think there's a lot more where that came from. Yeah. I would be curious just to see like the full setup around that treadmill, yep. but he's a really interesting athlete to follow. Yeah. You know, um, people who aren't like everybody else, they're often mocked. So if you're mocking CJ bad on you, because maybe he's the one who knows more than all the rest of us. I know. I think that's why when he drops that Strava data that <laughs> yeah. he's just like, People go bananas and, 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 you know, it's a certain set of people, you know, who go bananas, but, um, anyways, I go bananas cause I'm, I'm, uh, you know, pumping my fist excited about it. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, the ease that he runs with is, is super important and that's yeah. a really good lesson. So, uh, look forward to, uh, seeing CJ out there, uh, 207, 12th place. That's what he said. So, um, We'll see. We'll see what he does. It is a, it, it's a, it's a bigger, it's a stronger field. Uh, there were so many marathons last fall that I think some of the elites were spread out. There's going to be a ton at, at Boston this, uh, this spring. It's, it's fun to follow the elites. Um, I think what's so interesting is like the way that he's talking about his preparation, mm-hmm. you know, like it could be a completely different race. And I think you know, the average person that's going out there has a particular pace that they want to run, you know, and they're kind of in their own space, like going after their own goals and stuff. When you think about this, like tangoing that happens at the yep. front and what they have to be, you know, physically and emotionally prepared for, it's a lot. I mean, he's got to prepare for every circumstance. Yeah. Sounds like he's ready to go though. All right. So thanks again, CJ Albertson. And, um, Thanks again for you making that happen. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. Um, yeah, I we, can't we, sit this close we, we, to you for we, this we, long. <laughs> we made it happen, Julie. Well done. We did it. We did it. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to person. figure we'll have to figure out. I'm we're, hoping to make it across the, yeah. the table from you next time. Yeah, but it's awkward, you know, especially like, with the weird caricature right between yeah, us. <laughs> but uh, all right. So uh, thanks again to CJ Albertson. Thanks to Chris uh, behind the scenes. Thanks to you, the listener. Uh, for Julie Cully, I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace the Nation. We'll see you next time. <laughs>